0: hello you beauts welcome back to magic from within podcast oh my goodness i am so excited for you to listen to today's episode as i have another incredibly powerful woman on as a guest today It's another one of my beaut friends I met over here in Bali, and I just cannot wait for you to hear her magic. Charlie is a nutrition and mindset coach, helping women to find confidence in their food and in their body. She educates women on nutrition so that they feel empowered to make good food choices, undo any unhealthy habits, ditch the restrictive eating, get rid of the food guilt and shame, and allow for food freedom. Her goal is for women to create healthy habits and healthy mindsets so that they are set up to feel good about themselves and good about the food that they eat. If you are a woman, then you absolutely need to listen into this podcast episode, especially if you're currently struggling with your relationship to food or you may have struggled in the past. Then this episode is defo for you, girl. I do just want to share a sensitivity or trigger warning though before diving in, as we do talk all things body image, relationships with food, and we mention eating disorders too. So if you don't feel like you are in the right headspace right now to listen to these topics, then maybe listen in at a later date. All right, buts, let's get into today's episode. Oh my gosh, I have the absolute pleasure of introducing another amazing English gal to the podcast episode today. I feel like it's just been all of the English girls, all of the English barley girls on the podcast episodes the past couple of weeks. What an absolute vibe. So... Charlie is on the episode with us today, Butes, and Charlie and I met over here in Bali, another Bali friend, (laughs) and we actually got speaking in Wanderlust Gym. That's another Wanderlust Gym friend as well. Um, And we connected straight away. We were talking about like nutrition, and talking about body image and I'm sure that's what we'll really dive into t- to today and I'm really really excited because I've not really spoke about anything like this on the podcast yet so it's a totally new topic um, and I'm so excited for her to come and share her magic with you Butes, and share her wisdom. She is a nutritionist coach and I'm sure going to dive into all things like self-love, body image in today's episode. So Charlie, Charlie my darling, are you there Hello, the Hello. is this my cue to enter yeah this is just, it's like here's the door come on in darling <laughs> I'm like, it in this intro. it's so nice to be on your body I'm excited I'm excited Yay! and it's your first podcast episode as well isn't it your first podcast. Yeah. yeah Amazing. double excitement I feel honored that you're coming on magic from within for your first podcast recording welcome to the poddy world you are just gonna flow and be that. absolutely just in your element here no, I, can I can tell, tell. Yeah, we're like two, just, yeah. two, so, two little so, chat boxes aren't we yeah just two little chatter boxes so we're just gonna be like bum 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 bum, chat chat chat, chat.
1: <laughs> <I laughs> no we need to time gap this so we don't just ramble on for like three hours but
0: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. two hour
1: chats, two like hour chats.
0: love 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 Charlie I would so love I've I'll introduce you um, at the start of the podcast episode but I'd really love to start with your journey of how you've got to where you are today working in the online space as a nutritionist coach Um, yeah like what was your journey how have you got to where you are how did you end up finding the passion and the desire to work with women in their nutrition and self-love and yeah could you take us on that journey Of course I can take you on that journey. Beautiful. So, um, <laughs> here we
1: go. Um, yeah, so I guess it began with me, like I've always been really passionate about like into my fitness and my nutrition kind of growing up. Um, and then I kind of, um, ended up becoming a fitness coach maybe like four or five years ago. Um, as a kind of like side hustle I worked in the corporate world as well um in like digital media and kind of fitness became my side hustle um my little passion on the side um and I just love coaching people helping people just seeing how you can kind of just improve their lives in some little way um and the more I kind of went along that um that journey obviously the nutrition side of that comes into into it massively as well kind of like holistically fitness, nutrition, wellness all goes ties together. Um, And so yeah, that's when I um uh yeah that's when I decided to do my nutrition qualification I guess. Um but I guess to delve a little bit deeper in into that um I've kind of always been um like as most teenagers and women in their 20s and 30s have been body conscious um, and you know wanting to look a certain aesthetic feel a certain way which um I'm sure we'll delve into this in a bit is a lot of that comes around um how we're kind of expected to look as well so I really felt a lot of those pressures um like in my kind of like early adult teen early adult life um and I kind of became like obsessed with food and nutrition and went through waves of being um like obsessed with healthy eating and um wanting to eat well um and eat to get the body i desired um and getting on google and trying to figure out what diet what i needed to eat what i needed to cut out what i needed to restrict to to get this body that i desired and thought that i needed to be worthy Um, and with so much misinformation out there, this just like led to just a spiraling of confusion and um, like just not understanding how to how to eat and how to use food as your friend rather than your enemy and something that if if you consume and you get fat, then you hate yourself and you're in the cycle. And so then you, if you think you're getting fat, then you cut the food out and then you're just in this negative relationship with food, negative relationship with your body, negative relationship with your mind. Um, And yeah, I think that was kind of, I was in cycles of that through kind of my whole sort of twenties. And I, I got to a point where I was like, you know what? Nah, enough's enough. Like this, this cannot be the only way for us to live our lives. And like, I think I speak for a lot of women who've gone through something really similar as well. Um, and yeah, I was like, I'm going to study nutrition. I'm going to learn everything there possibly is to know about food so I can trust it again. And I can trust that it's not like, it's not going to make me fat by eating carbs. And like, I have to be on this restricted diet and mindset around food to, to kind of, keep my body a certain way and there can be balance and you can enjoy food and going out socializing as well as eating your chicken curl and broccoli salad from time to time and balance it all and get to a place where actually like you feel at peace with yourself and at peace with food and um that just makes for a happy life so I've come through that journey I, I studied nutrition and as I was doing that I was like oh my god like I kind of Started studying it for myself, but then I was like, I have to share this knowledge with the world. I Like, this is changing my life. This is changing my relationship with my food, my relationship with my body as a knock-on effect of that. And I have to share this knowledge and share this, this with other women who I know, like, you only need to sit a group of your five closest girlfriends down and be like, who's, like, who has... A disordered eat some sort of disordered eating or fear around foods or you know oh I've been bad today because I had a slice of cake or all this kind of stuff like most women um and men as well and am not ruling out men but I kind of predominantly work with women um all have this kind of journey that we've been through and I just feel really passionate about how you can get to that place where you don't feel all these things and fear food and it doesn't have to control your life in that way anymore. So now I've decided to make it my life's mission to help other women and um, just get that knowledge out there and help people undo all these limiting beliefs, unhealthy habits, um, and like mindsets around food and rewire all that and get some confidence and trust back into food. Um, so that's what I do now. Um,
0: mic drop amazing (laughs) babe oh my gosh thank you so much for sharing with us and like how bloody grateful we are that you're standing in your power and you're doing this because oh my Mm. gosh can I relate so I was never necessarily diagnosed with an eating disorder but I had some seriously bad relationships with food like seriously and training and this is kind of what where we when we met we can we shared this and had a chat about this didn't we because yeah,
1: yeah conversation after like 30 seconds and it yeah. must have just the universe being like you
0: two need to get together and this is you got history yeah. yeah 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 <laughs> yeah we just were like bam 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 just connected talking it was so beautiful yeah. um yeah I can relate to this so much girl because I actually posted a picture I think it was last year um, and I had been on my travels in Thailand. I'd done Southeast Asia. This was like maybe like uh, five years ago. And a memory popped up and I looked like a skeleton. And I looked back and it made me so sad. I wanted to just hug that younger version of myself because I was like, mm-hmm. she looked so lost. She was under eating training ridiculous like even though I was traveling Southeast Asia that's supposed to be a time where you're just enjoying your travels I remember being so restrictive with my food like oh my gosh I don't want to eat too much rice because that's too many carbs and like I'd I'd still be I'd still be ban the rice noodles. Literally, yeah, literally ban the rice noodles and just eat the protein and the veg. So I'd ordered like a, mm-hmm. I'd order a stir fry and I'd only order the stir fry where I could have the rice separate from the veg because then I just wouldn't eat the rice and I'd just eat the veg and, and the and the chicken. And I just yeah look back at my former myself and I'm like I, there's just so much compassion and love towards her because she looks so lost and I think it is down to just lack of education and also this society norm as women, yeah. that we're supposed to look a certain way and be a certain way. And I'm just like, wow. And I'm sure so many of the butts listening also will be able to relate to this. So I'm so glad we're diving into this. And like I said at the start, so excited because I've not shared anything like this on the, po- the podcast before. So yeah, mm-hmm. I wasn't necessarily diagnosed as such with a, an eating disorder, but now my older self looks back and I'm like, oh yeah, I definitely recognize that I had one 100%. Um, and also, um I'm moving through the space now of, I was definitely over training. Like last year when I lived in Melbourne, I was training like five times a week, but like big intense CrossFit sessions. And um Yeah, really, really overtraining my body. And then I got over here to Bali and was doing exactly the same at the start of the year. It was almost like I sometimes use training as like a distraction mechanism of like, you know, oh, like just keeps me busy, that kind of thing. And I was training so hard over here in Bali and I just completely blew myself out. Like my hormones went all out of whack. Um, And now I'm on this self-love journey of knowing that if we're not training like crazy, just to love our bodies in the way that they are, without being really restricted on a diet, and also training ridiculous, crazy amounts, like a little man. Basically, I remember my the Chinese herbalist I'm working with over here in Bali. She was like, "Abby, you're not a little man." I was like, "Oh my gosh!" I was like, oh, "I hear you, I hear you." Am I not? <laughs> Am I not? But I'm a CrossFitter. <laughs> CrossFit. Yeah, you know, like I'm like a CrossFitter. I was like, "Oh." That's it, right? Yeah. (laughs) So I'm I'm on this whole journey as well of just like totally, I've been on the journey of um, rekindling my relationship with food and will still be on that. Now also rekindling my relationship with working out and not being like from the extreme, you know. Could you offer any advice for us listening, myself included, of how we can transition and be okay with just looking at our bodies and knowing that this is how they're supposed to be, even if they have the lumps and bumps and the cellulite and the stretch marks and 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 knowing that that's okay. You, you, if you're training five times a week and under eating, of course you're going to be skinny mini, lacking, you know, any kind of fat. Yeah. But w- is there anything you can offer? Like how can we journey and move through that and know that it's all self-love? Yeah. You know? I
1: think- Yeah, I think so much of it as well comes from like the overtraining and under eating is comes from feeling like you you need to be a certain size, shape, like look aesthetically, um, because all we're exposed to in this day and age is this kind of like perfect ideal on Instagram of just like models. And I mean, you don't even have to be a model anymore. You just scroll through Instagram and you see all of these perfectly flawless and I use quotation marks because I mean, it's all a figure of our imagination really. Um, but yeah, so we have this like constant idea of what we should look like. And, um, we put so much pressure on ourselves to look that way when actually like 99% of those women that we kind of like idolize to, to look like don't exist in that kind of, that's not actually how they look right there's so many filters um, apps that change your body shape like pinning you at the waist and popping your booty and like even just posing on Instagram like you can look like two completely different people just by twisting your hips and angling this and that and the other um, so there's this like pressure societal pressure to like look this certain way which I think really lands heavy on women um, especially like younger generation like growing up looking at instagram and just constantly that just being their reality um of how they should feel they should look like um so just like being really aware of that and all just kind of being aware creating awareness on it being mindful of it and removing yourself from it and um like i ages ago unfollowed loads of people that just didn't serve that kind of created a negativity around that. Like, if I was looking at people and being like, oh, am i am idolizing them in a kind of unhealthy way? Just culling things out of Instagram that just didn't serve me and um, fed into that kind of unhealthy mindset. Um, and um,
0: just, I've lost my chain of thought. And <laughs> um, the question, yeah, was about any advice on how, like, how, Women can be okay with maybe gaining weight as a result of eating yeah. healthier and not overtraining. Actually, treating their body in the right way, but, but yeah, yeah. through that gaining weight stage, you know. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. When I've um, yeah. So for that, I've and kind of
1: and like going from my journey and my experience with it, um, coming from a place of just. Um, just needing to overtrain and undereat to look a certain way to actually being like, this is exhausting me. Like I'm exhausted. I'm not actually happy. Mm. Okay. I look skinny. And quotations because it's all relative to everyone. Right. But like yeah. I look back, same as what you just said about how you look back on that girl years ago who was like stick thin. And I'm like, like, You weren't enjoying food. For me, I'm a massive foodie. I love food. So, to put myself in that restriction where I wasn't allowed to eat certain things um, for the majority of the time to maintain that smaller version of my body just wasn't happy. And when you kind of, and this, This stuff doesn't happen overnight either. This is a journey, it's a work in progress. And little by little, you can start chipping away at your changing your thoughts and your beliefs about yourself and food. And then you slowly, slowly, slowly get there. So this stuff doesn't happen overnight, but um, just also kind of like enjoying the food that you want to enjoy and enjoying it because it makes you happy because you went out on Friday night and you had a gorgeous dinner with your friends and it was beautiful and you had a fabulous time and so what if that means that you feel a bit bloated the next day like you have to bring back to what is your like what's going to make you truly happy spending 80 percent of your life like in calorie restrictions and like um food prison and not enjoying like you're not going to look back on 80 and be like oh do you remember that time I sat in on a Saturday night because I was too scared to go out and eat with my friends because I wanted to be skinny like no that's not how you want to kind of like look back and memorize everything you know have those memories of your life so um yeah like appreciating the joy around food and what joy food brings to your life will kind of take away um or help to kind of like take away from those other things. I think that's the big thing Um, and just really appreciating your body as well for, um, and again, this is like, this is something you have to like slowly work on. Like Mm -hmm. we wired, our brains have been wired um, to be so focused on the squidgy bits around our tummy. And like, do we fit in our jeans? Do we not fit in our jeans? Like having that summer body, like bikini body, whatever, that we kind of forget to appreciate how amazing our bodies are for just carrying around, carrying us around all day, moving as we are able to move, getting us to the gym, doing squats, doing yoga, doing roly polies, whatever it is you like to do. um, And just appreciating and seeing it more than just something that needs to look good um, in whatever whatever way it is that you kind of feel like your body should look like. So there's a few things that can kind of like bring you back to and detract you from just focusing on needing that perfect body or that perfect body, Um,
0: yeah. I love that, I love that so much, yeah. And like celebrating as women that we actually have a period, like we're not taught when we're kids to celebrate our periods it's like oh it's just this icky thing but the female body is actually insane when we think about what it does like the cycles that we have reconnecting with my cycle has probably been one of the most powerful things this year that I've done and like just actually um yeah appreciating it and 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 celebrating it and um like we we can have babies like women can hold babies we can just all We create and grow a human being from nothing in
1: our like tummies. I know it's obviously not in the dummy, in our wombs. Like, that's insane. It's insane. Like, how did we get to a point where we're like desperately trying to remove this pouch of fat that sits over our reproductive organs? Because we need to look good in a bikini. You look good in a bikini, whether you, however much tummy fat you've got, like, That, as women, and going back to a kind of evolutionary standpoint, we're not designed to have 5% body fat and a six pack of abs. Not like dissing any female that does have that, but that fatty pouch over our tummy is to protect protect our our womb when we become pregnant and bear a child. So like you're you're fighting against evolution, you're fighting against like how your body's bi- biologically meant to be constructed, you know? So like tuning into that as well and being like, we're women, our bodies are meant to be lumpy and bumpy and curvy because <laughs> that's what they're designed for. And yeah. that's all that's. You know
0: and loving it all, loving every single part of it. Loving like, it all. Yeah, yeah. and we're, di- we're literally designed differently to men, even though we're we're, we're in a very masculine society, aren't we? Like, and um, we're constantly mm. competing with men, and even the nine to five was created because men, um, men actually, they um, work better between those hours scientifically. So like constantly trying to compete with them, but we're completely different. We're literally designed differently. I actually see a, a meme, um, and it was a picture, and it said something like, um, "I've just found out that the 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 part below my belly is basically my womb or something." What the fuck? I've been trying to get rid of my womb for the part. Have you seen that? Have you Have you seen yeah, it yet? Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? i getting like, It's also
1: get on. It's like uh, yeah, it's really
0: yeah, yeah. Bring it back. to
1: to what it is we're trying to do. Like, I and mean, we just so in this like rabbit hole of oh I need to lose weight and like look this certain way that we we just forget to take a step back and just look how beautiful and amazing our bodies are. Mm-hmm. Um and um yeah like I'm doing my period today and I've just felt like bloated and a bit gross like coming up, you know, just how you do coming up to your period and like I just always would have um that kind of like negative talk in my head would have triggered and been like, you're disgusting, like, oh my God, you've put on weight. Like I haven't put on weight. My body's preparing for a pregnancy, you know? Like, I mean, I'm not pregnant, but like that's what it's trying to do. So it's like certain things happen, like your water retention increases around your period, all that kind of stuff. And we get so caught up in trying to maintain a certain weight throughout the month as well. When you realize that your weight can fluctuate kilos throughout those four weeks of your cycle and so trying to almost like compare yourself and this is where when I work with women we have to kind of like factor in those different stages of hunger levels energy levels if you're doing training are you doing like you want to be training all the kind of like hard stuff heavy lifting at the first the follicular phase of your cycle so the first two weeks because that's when you've got the hormones to support that Um, And then coming up to your period, have like a little wind down week, like instead of doing CrossFit or like heavy shit, high intense shit, like switch that up for some more restorative stuff, some yoga, some walking instead and work with your body rather than against it. Because this is like what you've been doing, isn't it? It's just like bam, 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 CrossFit 24-7, 365 days of the year. Men can do that fine. They're literally the same like (laughs) they're literally the same every day from january the first until new year's eve we are not and when you tune into that realize that and give yourself a break give yourself stop giving yourself such a hard time when you you're on your period but you have to get to the gym because if you don't get to the gym you're going to take two steps back and whatever your goal is you're not nothing's going to happen have the bar of chocolate your body's craving it because it needs magnesium which is in chocolate it's also craving it because chocolate's delicious, you know. <laughs> it's like, just be a bit kinder to yourself, like, and yeah, when you kind oh of do that, it's like, it changes. You're just nicer to yourself, you can just have a bit more peace of mind and get out of that cycle of just giving yourself shit for being a woman.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that you've touched on like the different uh, stages of your cycle there, girl, because it's mm-hmm. probably one of the most mind blowing things for me that I learned this year, which makes me cringe a little bit because I'm a woman and I'm like, I'm 27 years of age and I only learned this this year, but it makes me, and I know other women don't know this too, um, of the fact that we are supposed to train different things do different yeah. types of activity, depending on what stage of the cycle you are at. And I learned this yeah. this year and I shared it on my stories. I remember when I learned it and so many women voted saying that they had no idea. And I'm just like, mm. what? That, that should really be like our foundation knowledge as women. If we're wanting to go training and we're wanting to start in the gym or, or be active. Surely that should be one of the first things that we learn. Why, why don't we learn that? That's crazy. So I just love yeah. that you're actually teaching that with your clients and you're aligning that and letting them know that our energy does change through the month yeah. because we are cyclic beings. We don't, it's our, our, we're not linear. We're not always like this, like men are. Um. Yeah. And I just think that's so powerful that you're doing that and you're so powerful reassuring people yeah and a lot of like obviously
1: i do nutrition coaching and a lot of that like a lot of women do want to lose weight and there's nothing wrong with that that's fab um but obviously you kind of go through those those that journey and those weeks of um trying to stay motivated Mm -hmm. and our motivation wanes depending on our energy levels so like coming up to that week where you're coming up to your period um like, it's so important that women know this because it's like, just having that, Ah, oh, I feel, sh- I've got no energy. Why am I got no energy? I'm like, I need to try harder. Like, I need to get to the gym. Like, I'm going to push through this workout. It's like, don't do that. Tune into the fact that you're, like, you're coming on your period and that's why. And You're bleeding. You're actually yeah.
0: bleeding. Like, all of that blood. Imagine if you cut your arm and you were losing that amount of blood in your arm would you go to do a bloody crossfit workout or do a marathon which (laughs) I am guilty I'm like guilty that is me and I'm sure some of the people listening are thinking oh my god shit I didn't know that I wasn't supposed to do that but yeah like literally like the blood is coming out of you and that's like energy being out of coming out of your body and if you're then trying to train do we all are also supposed to change our nutrition depending on where we're at in our cycle as well as training
1: yeah, so um it yeah and it's it's one of those that you kind of have to listen to your body and what your right. like what your body's craving. Um right. but generally you kind of like up some fats towards coming up to your period and um, make sure you're getting lots of magnesium in because that's what your body needs. Um and as I said, that's why it's not just why we crave chocolate, but like that's why chocolate feels so satisfying because right. it's got that magnesium in it, especially dark chocolate. Um but yeah um yeah. I love
0: that I love that What? how can we make sure though we don't tip over the edge of like being like okay I just I'm craving all of the sweet stuff <laughs> I'm a massive sweet tooth so like how can we make sure that we don't tip over the edge and then just being like oh well you know I just I'm craving this so I'm just gonna eat it all and then you know get into that kind of binge cycle of eating mm-hmm
1: yeah the binge the binge cycling and this is coming from a place of so many years of experience is like binging like starving myself binging starving is when you generally restrict your diet Mm -hmm. when you're you basically those cravings will build up and build up and build up because you're depriving your body of what it wants and the calories like if you're in a over like a 50% calorie deficit, which a lot of w- women are like, I need to be on 1200, 1300 calories to um, to lose weight. And it's it's so individual and proportionate to your body, your body size and your, all of that kind of stuff. But um, like the the higher you generally eat in a calorie deficit or a calorie restriction, the bigger those cravings are gonna be. You're just gonna go wild. So actually if you generally eat at a good calorie level and make sure you're eating high protein at most meals um, and then get a nice balance of healthy fats and um, slow release carbs, you generally won't that all, that will make sure your hormones are in whack. So you haven't got like spikes in blood sugar levels. Um, your hormones are kind of like keeping um, balanced out and at bay. Um, and you haven't got the crazy hunger hormones going wild so that in itself stops those binge those kind of like binge cycles because your body's like cool. Oh, well I've been having most things that I want for a week like I'm not gonna you don't your body naturally doesn't feel that desire to have those big 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 binges um, and that's honestly how I've found a way to stop having those like big binges at the weekend and smashing through 78 tubs of ice cream and 59 beets, whatever it is, you know? I did so um, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And this is why people really struggle as well with, um, they're like, but I've been eating so well during the week. I had my oats for breakfast and my chicken salad for lunch, and my salmon and veg for dinner. Um, But then... They go wild at the weekend, and like you can easily, if you're out drink, eating and drinking all day on the weekend, you can easily smash through like three, four thousand calories. Um, so yeah, it's just kind of like balancing that all out and making sure that um, yeah, for the most part, um, just getting those nourishing meals in. If you're eating high protein, healthy fats and carbs, um, for majority of your meals, mm-hmm. um you're just not going to have those crazy crazy cravings and crazy binges um so yeah that's why getting out of that high calorie restriction um binge cycle was really important
0: yeah um, hey buttes! i hope you're enjoying today's podcast episode i just wanted to jump in really quickly to let you know about an exciting composition that i have just launched for you where you have the chance of winning a free 90 minute power session with me which is usually valued at nearly 200 pounds In this one-to-one coaching session, we can dive in and unlock whatever it is that you're currently struggling with right now, whether that's mindset, gaining clarity on your vision, or you simply want to learn my secret formula to manifesting your wildest dreams. You will take away tools and practices that you can then implement into your life, and you'll leave the session feeling totally empowered to start taking the aligned action. So to be in with the chance of winning this free session, All you have to do is leave a positive five-star review for Magic From Within podcast over on the Apple podcast platform. Once you're done, make sure you screenshot the review and tag me over on your Instagram at Abby Elizabeth Hilton. Make sure you complete all of those steps to be in with the chance of winning. Your reviews honestly mean the absolute world to me and they literally help more than you even know. But I really do appreciate that it takes time out of your busy day, which is why I wanted to give back in some kind of way. So if you want to get your hands on that free one-to-one coaching session, get right in that review, girl. And don't forget to tag me in your stories. Keep your eyes peeled for the prize draw, which will happen on November the 30th. Thank you so much for all of your love and support. Honestly, it just means the absolute world. And I cannot wait to read your review. Okay, let's get back to today's podcast episode. And like not cutting stuff out completely because the more you just cut yeah. out, the more you'll end up just craving and like just wanting it more and more. You
1: always want everything you can't have, right? Of course. That's course. So predominant in our with food as well.
0: Oh my yeah. gosh. Do you, what's your opinion on counting macros? Do you, do you get your clients to count macros or like, is that something you teach or? Yeah, such a good question. Um,
1: and I feel like people in the nutrition space um, have very varied views on this, but my personal view is that there's um, absolutely a place for counting calories and macros. Mm-hmm. And that should not mean that every single day, you count every single calorie and every single macro that passes your lips. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally use it as an educational tool with my clients. So because um, people generally don't like understand the caloric value of foods. So you can go out for brunch with the girls on Saturday morning and have um, eggs and avocado on toast with smoked salmon and, and Uh, an almond milk latte and that can come to like 12 1500 calories Mm. but it's healthy it's eggs it's avocado it's salmon like bread's not bad either like how and then they'll have a chicken broccoli kale salad for lunch whatever and then something healthy for dinner um but if you um I'm kind of going off on tangent here but like what I'm I'm trying to say is that like it's not if you're if you're trying to lose weight and you're struggling to lose weight, but you're eating healthily, it's not necessarily the the things you're eating. It's the volume of things you're eating. So if you're if you're not losing weight, you're categorically in a calorie surplus or in a calorie maintenance. And you have to be in a calorie deficit to be able to lose weight. That's absolute like facts of um science like there's no denying that so um when and that's where it gets frustrating because it's like oh I'm eating healthily I'm eating all the right things you're eating the right things but you're not eating the right um volume of things or portions so this is when it gets um useful and a really handy tool um just for a period of time to kind of like track foods like if you're making foods at home like how many calories does this the meat have that I'm putting into this is how many calories this portion of spaghetti have. And it's just an educational piece. It's so that we understand what it is we're putting in our mouths. What this, like, doesn't? there's nothing wrong with high calorie foods, but if it's not serving your goal to be eating those particular foods, like maybe you want to go for a lower fat option or a lower calorie option or something if you're in a um, weight loss phase um and so then you can kind of get to through that journey of um all that process of kind of understanding and knowing what's in food so that you can eat more intuitively like that's the end goal so if you then go back to that brunch scenario with your girlfriends and you're like i am also going out for dinner tonight so instead of the eggs avo smoked salmon which is 1200 calories i'm going to go for the Yogurt and granola bowl, which is for I know it will be about four hundred calories. So having that education, knowledge, and empowerment to be able to um, understand food and not fear it, and you're not like, oh, is this is this going to make me fat? Is this I might, if I eat this, am I going to put on weight? Mm. Once you understand, <laughs> like what kind of caloric value your food has, it takes that away because. You know that you can eat X, Y, Z um, and not put on mate if that's if that's what you're kind of focused on or worried about or your goal. Um, mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah no. <laughs> explain that in a
0: really roundabout way. but no, yeah. no, no, 100%. Like I've been there. I've been there when I've been looking at a menu and I've almost been scared of the menu. Like I've yeah. also been at the point of, of like pre, I remember years ago, I'd pre-check the menu so I could, decide what I wanted to eat before I got there because I was so like worried and just obsessive over what I was eating and what I was consuming and yeah I really agree you know I if I hadn't moved through the space of understanding macros then I wouldn't have I wouldn't have more awareness of nutrition now where I'm at but also I think it can be it can it can go from one of two ways like it can, if it's not used as a tool, like the way you you're teaching it, it can then become another obsessive thing, can't yeah. it? So you and this is where it's like,
1: and when I was just saying at the beginning, how people in the nutrition space are like, it's it kind of, um, like can create like part of an eating's not part of an eating disorder, but like it's that unhealthy relationship, and it can contribute to that, and it totally can if it's not, um done in a correct way and like used as a tool and you know you're using it as a tool and like if I'm like at the moment I'm trying to lose a little bit of of weight so body fat so I'm just counting my calories because easy like then I know that I'm kind of on track to lose weight but if, if you're not then if I'm not in a period where I'm trying to lose a bit of body fat then I absolutely don't and I just know enough about my food to just like make good food choices all of the time without worrying about it so um yeah when it's used as a tool it's great but it's it's definitely um yeah I can understand why there's that kind of concern around it becoming obsessive as well
0: yeah um, and I just
1: make sure I'm like checking in with my clients and making sure that that's all that relationship with it stays healthy along the process as well yeah so, yeah,
0: yeah. It's really important. and that's that's why it's so powerful working with nutrition coach isn't it because we can be in a calorie deficit for our whole lives and constantly and surely that can ruin like hormones and um your ability to lose weight or not lose weight or gain weight because is that right yeah yeah
1: definitely um well firstly like being in a calorie deficit being on a diet like you're only meant to be in a calorie deficit for the time it takes to lose the weight that you want to lose right right I'll repeat that again you only need to be in a calorie deficit for the time it takes for you to lose the weight you want to lose right it's one of those things you know when you start a diet or kind of a weight loss phase and you're like oh on day one this is gonna go on for fucking ever and it's like no it's just a little process like it's a journey until you get to like the place that you want to be, and then you go back up to maintenance calories, and you you don't have to focus so much on it. So we're not, yeah, it's that kind of thing that you feel like you have to constantly be on a diet, but you absolutely don't. um But well, I've gone off on a tangent again. What <laughs> did
0: you ask me? No, I, I was just sharing oh,
1: yeah. yeah. So yeah, exactly. So if we, you were saying, does it affect hormones and stuff? It definitely, yeah, yeah it does absolutely does. Um, it affects your metabolism as well so you're um if you're in a constant calorie restriction or in a calorie restriction for um for too long your meta- and this is where the whole metabolism slows down thing comes from yeah um so like throwing it back to an evolutionary standpoint again um our bodies are designed to stop us from dying right they're here to the design to stop us from when we're back as cavemen and like we live in a world of food abundance. And I mean, in the Western world, obviously there's food scarcity in other parts of the world, but we don't have to like chase a lion or whatever it is. Like with an ax we've made to try and kill it for dinner. Uh We go to the shop, we click on our phones and we order delivery. We do whatever. So, um, so yeah, but back in, back in the day, our bodies are designed to keep us alive in those moments where we don't necessarily have food abundance and there's the next dinner and tomorrow night's dinner isn't lined up. So what happens is when we go into that calorie restriction, um, our body's like, hang on, when am I going to get my next meal? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, it doesn't really, if you're in a really high calorie restriction, your body's like, oh, Maybe I'm not going to get fed for a, a little while. So that's where the whole metabolism slowing thing comes into play because your body is like, I'm going to slow things down here. And am mm-hmm. slow down the rate. All your metabolism is, is um, like turning your, your stored energy, which is your fat and your muscle, back into energy it can use. Mm-hmm. So it slows all that down because it's like, I don't know if I'm going to get enough energy, i.e. food coming in, to keep us going for the next while so I'm going to just slow everything down just to hold on to what I've got and that's what happened so that's when yeah being in that high calorie restriction um is yeah slows everything right down and that's actually if you are on a kind of prolonged um period of dieting or fat loss that's where that plateau hits as well Mm -hmm. um and that's when um you go on what's what's called a diet break so you may have like a week or two weeks where you bring your calories back up to maintenance so your body's like oh yes back up to a normal level of food Um, and that kind of metabolism speeds back up and then everything starts to function a little bit at its regular rate kind of thing to put in kind of normal terms without diving into all sciency rubbish about it but um yeah that's basically what happens so and as your metabolism slows down, your, um, your, your body basically prioritizes everything in order of keeping you alive. So a lot of things, and this is why women quite often who have been on high calorie um, restrictions for years and years and years, they lose their periods, all this kind of stuff, because your body prioritizes, I need to, um, I need to, make sure the lungs and the heart and the liver and this kind of stuff is sorted first in the brain, brain number one. Um, so then low down on the list is your like reproduction and that kind of stuff. And same with your, like your gut as well. So that's why it's like, I haven't got the energy to be sending all the signals in the brain and doing all this stuff to to keep everything functioning fully with the reproduction system. and. That's how your hormones there get out of whack because all your hormones come from your brain. Your body has to prioritise your brain, brain survival and keeping your brain fit and the kind of order of organs and stuff and processes after that. But So that's why women who have been starving themselves for years as well, miss periods, and then all of these hormones that kind of knock our energy out of whack as well um, and just leave you feeling crap. Like, I remember looking back on my energy levels and stuff, like when I was overtraining, under eating, like I was just fueled on coffee. And, like, then that in itself, as well, sends everything out of whack. Like, it's, yeah, you're just in this big cocktail and cycle of kind of, yeah, everything a bit out of whack. So, um, yeah.
0: <laughs> that <laughs> is jump. so. That is so no. That is so so interesting. I didn't realise that, and that makes so much sense. That that's why you can lose your period if you're under eating because all of your other organs, like, it's essential for them to be fed, per se, before the reproductive system. That's so interesting. Priority ranking. Yeah. 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 And they say, don't they? They say your period for women is actually the best way to understand or know. How healthy you are as a as a woman. And if you don't have periods right. of your cycle I'll
1: report card.
0: Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. Right. So like if you don't have periods or your cycle's not necessarily um regular, that's kind of alarm bells, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Oh my gosh, babe. Yeah. That makes so much sense. I love that 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 yeah. you've that you've shared that. Um what are, I was just noting then when you were talking, because you mentioned about like triggers um triggers of of i don't know is it overeating or eating is that something that you you teach people to become aware of their triggers yeah i
1: think i mean it's just so different for everyone isn't it so right. i do a lot of kind of like deep diving into um like with my clients i kind of like ask them a lot of kind of deep dive questions into their relationship with food and yes. that kind of stuff. So I pick up from things from, from what they say and then I make sure everything that I'm kind of suggesting for them and um, teaching them and stuff and guiding them is doesn't trigger things anymore um, yeah. in that kind of respect. Um, but yeah, I mean, triggers are different for everyone.
0: Yeah, totally. Um, All, like the, also the mindset shifts like is there is there any mindset shifts that you feel come up quite often um or are quite um common for women to have
1: yeah Yeah. like most of them are um and most of them are around like carbs is a big one yes like but I like how can I lose weight and still eat carbs like Carbs are your... And it annoys me so much because, like, fucking keto warriors over here being like, out yeah. carbs. Carbs are your... Um... <laughs> I meant to stay, like, neutral and not... Yeah. <laughs> my bias across as a nutritionist, but... Yeah. Um, anyway. Uh... <laughs> carbs are your body's, like, primary source or, like, preferred source of fuel. Um, it's what your brain is fueled on. So um it's they're so important especially if you're doing a lot of training like high intensity training Mm -hmm. when your body is when you get your body to do jump squats and this and toes to bar or whatever it is you're doing your body requires energy like this like and the quickest transfer of energy from your your body stores energy in um atp which is like your body's kind of energy currency so it needs to exchange it quickly from um, from how it's stored in your body into energy to use to do those explosive moves or heavy lifts or whatever it is So if you're sprinting down a track um, and carbs are the primary fuel and easy that easiest for your body to get that and burn quickly um so i really would recommend if you're training to not cut carbs out and. Um, uh if you do then your body has to use like transferring energy from um fats and proteins specifically is hard harder for your body so it just makes it easier on your body to to get that energy from from carbs so yeah it comes up quite a lot kind of undoing that belief that um carbs are bad carbs make you fat if I eat some bread I'm gonna put on a stone and yeah, um it all comes from like I was the same. I've like actually only in the last couple of years, even though I've kind of, um, like this was really deep rooted in me. So I totally feel every person's pain in it. Um, it's, yeah, we were just told by the nutrition industry that to cut out carbs, don't eat carbs, carbs make you fat. Nothing, no individual one food makes you fat. Mm-hmm. The amount of food you're eating makes you fat. Like if you if you need, if you require a calorie, intake of 2000, say 2000 calories to stay the same weight. Um, If you eat 2500 calories worth of chicken and broccoli, you will put on weight. Doesn't matter that that's healthy. You're eating more energy, more food, which is more energy than your body is using or burning up. If you eat 1500 calories of pizza, you will lose weight because your body is in a deficit. You're not giving it as much energy as um, your body is burning off, mm-hmm. and that's where the, the confusion comes in because you're like, "But well, it's healthy. I'm eating healthily." And like, obviously, I would not recommend to eat fifteen hundred calories of pizza every day. Yeah, because- I was going to say, yeah, <laughs> yeah, at all, because then we're bringing in <clears throat> um, the have nutrient densities. Like, there's no protein in there. It's like. All carbs, very little kind of like vitamins, minerals, whatever. So um where was I going off with that one? Um I can't remember. I what was... I, was I talking
0: about? <laughs> 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 I love that. Um I asked I about uh... um, carbs, yeah. Yeah, carbs, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um so yeah carbs is a big one what else um on the mindset
0: stuff um before you move on to another one i can oh my gosh carbs like it was the whole like don't eat white potato it's got to be sweet potato don't eat yeah don't eat bread don't eat white pasta it's better to eat whole wheat pasta and obviously there's some there's the, like the, there's more grain in whole wheat pasta isn't there which is better for your digestive system there's more fibre and that, that that's oh, yeah but but it doesn't necessarily mean you have to cut it out completely. And this is the thing with
1: like all this like rubbish misinformation in the nutrition industry that's created this lack of trust of food, this we shouldn't eat this, we shouldn't eat that. And this is where it's just, we're just exposed to it all the time. So of course we are in a place where the majority of us or like a whole load of us don't know what to eat like, and feel confused and frustrated Mm -hmm. and like fearful around food. Like I genuinely feared food. I was like, if I eat this, am I going to put on weight and get fat? And the answer now I know is no, but like we're, we're in a, we live in a world where there's a lot of money to be made from keeping people away from this knowledge because if everyone knew about food and nutrition, and there wouldn't be the opportunity to sell as ridiculous supplements, tea toxins, Weight Watchers, Slimming World, all this like rubbish. They, they want you to not lose weight in the long run and not have sustainable weight loss because then you're gonna come back and, you know, there's this big industry around feeding off people's lack of sustainable, weight like sustaining the weight loss they want to sustain so we're always going to be surrounded by this and these messages and this like bullshit and this misinformation so arming almost like arming yourself with nutritional lo- knowledge mm. means that you can kind of scroll through your Instagram and be like that's rubbish like mm-hmm. no Rather than like, oh my god like my phone's telling me that I can't eat cake anymore you know whatever it is it's like it puts you in that position where you're kind of armed against all this rubbish in the in the nutrition industry um which sadly we face with most days um
0: yeah and how sad how sad thinking about that like we fear food glorious food which you can eat every day like I was exactly the same like but for any of the Buttes listening know that you are able to move through that and that's why it's so powerful getting a nutritionist and like, yeah. I true, I truly believe it's it's really interesting. Like, it's so normal to get a PT these days, but I think mm. it should be normalised as much to have a nutritionist. Like, we're not we we yeah. eat every single day. We 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 take food in every single day. So actually, understanding what that food does for us and um, what's the best food to have and like to really nourish our bodies. I think that's so important. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I really do, yeah. and that's why I'm so excited. A lot of it is obviously a lot of it, obviously, for people coming
1: to me as weight loss, but also you need to be nourishing your body. Yeah,
0: you're gonna get
1: like trouble in a couple of decades, otherwise. Like, how your health is your wealth. Yeah, and like taking care of it and nourishing your body, alongside whatever your goals are, whether it's weight loss, just maybe gaining weight, gaining muscle, whatever. But like. It's just so important for everyone to realise that you have to look after your body well. You can't rely on doctors to pop pills and stuff for you down the line. Like, taking care of your body now mm-hmm. is where it's at. Mm-hmm. It's the cool thing to do, kids.
0: Amen, sis. <laughs> Amen, girl. I love that. I love that. <laughs> Before we um, start the yeah. episode, babe, there's been so much magic and so much juice. I'm so excited for this episode to go out and the views to hear. Yeah. I'm, I want to go slightly off topic now, more away from nutrition. Mm. Just this kind of, you know, so many of the views listening desire to um, work online, be in the online space, have this kind of ability to take their work wherever and like work in their passion, uh, work with you know, like all of those things. Um, yeah. And I know you've recently left your full-time mm-hmm. job and gone into the online space. Um, is there any advice that you can give for the Buttes listening on like how you got to, how you had the courage to do that, to start showing yeah. up online or how that looked like for you? Could you yeah. share any advice?
1: Totally, and again, this is like a journey. Like this, as it always is. As it always is. It kind of started as like my side hustle passion, um, with a view. Like my vision was to do this full time, and then I was like, "How am I ever going to make this happen?" Like, Mm I'm unknown. I'm this, that, and the other. I'm like fears around money. Uh Um how can I quit my full-time corporate job to do this? Like how will pay my rent, all this kind of stuff. So I did a lot of work. I've always had a coach the whole way through. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can only speak from my experience, and my opinion, but you have to have a coach or a mentor to be pushing you, to be showing you how worthy you are and reminding you of that, like helping you work through those next steps. What can you be doing each day? not every, not necessarily every single day, don't put that pressure on yourself, but most days, what can you doing every day, every week, every month to show up for yourself? Like, write down your visions, write down rough steps you need to get there, write down, like, any little bits of progress you can make, and slowly start doing them. Do the posts you want to write about, whatever related to your passion. Start being, embodying, being the person you want to be. And, a lot, a lot of the imposter syndrome came up for me, and I think it does for a lot of people as well. Um, pushing past that was my biggest challenge. Mm. Um, just being like, who am, I, who am I to be talking about this? Who am I to be writing on Instagram about protein or mm-hmm. galleries or whatever it is? Um, feeling the fear and doing it anyway. That's my one thing. I had that up on my board, on a big blackboard, feel the fear and do it anyway and i would come out my bedroom every morning and see it and be like i'm shit scared to do what i'm gonna do today but i'm gonna do it because if i hadn't have done that every day or most days i wouldn't have, have been able to take the leap um and i just kind of got to a point i think where i was like i'm ready mm-hmm. i'm ready and i handed in my notice and i was like i'm going to do this and then you're just your passion kind of guides you and you just keep chipping away at what that little next step is, not getting bogged down with how can little old me be where I am now with no experience, not being this person, holding that vision clearly of where you want to be, what your life, what do you want your life to look like? What money do you want to be earning? What clients do you want to have? Mm -hmm. Like, what do you want to be teaching people? Keep a hold of that vision and just take little steps to get there. And before you know it, you look back and you're like, Crap, I've done so much this last year. Holy shit, I've come so far. And you don't it doesn't feel like you're progressing that much when you're living it and you're doing little things day to day, but it's that compound interesting, isn't it? Like you slowly that one percent, that one percent you put in
0: mm-hmm. over time compounds to big change. So oh yeah. I love that so much, and I agree so much on, on the Getting a coach to guide you and hold space for you, because these like having your own business and working online is such a mindset game. It's like mm-hmm. having someone there to remind you and to cheer you on and hype you up when your mindset is just dropping is so powerful, so yeah. important. Um, yeah, like
1: we're not like as coaches, we don't sit here every day like ha, ah, we're in our high vibe, we're ready to go, we're motivated. We're so confident, could take on the world every single day. No one is. That's inhuman to be like that. Of course, like you need other people to be picking you up and like telling you a boss bitch on those days that you don't feel like a boss bitch. So having a coach, even like a surrounding yourself with like-minded people and similar people. How mm-hmm. about that? Like those friends that give negative energy around you that don't support who you want to be and that person you want to become, get them out of your life. Like that's another thing that I've kind of protected my energy and been like, no, goodbye. Yeah. Yeah. That's an important as well without being brutal, but yeah, no,
0: absolutely. Cause there's that saying, isn't there? You are the, some of some of the people yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) just the people you are the some (laughs) of the people you surround yourself with yeah yeah, yeah. (laughs) so if there's any kind of negative energy coming from them you absorb that energy and that's what can lead to more self-doubt and imposter syndrome just all of the things um so yeah anyone anyone that doesn't have a coach i get it because it it's that first once you have one coach then it's just this like you just know you want to be in the space of having a coach onwards and onwards and onwards honestly my vision is to have a coach for all areas of my life (laughs) literally just so I've got like someone there like yep thank you
1: yeah I think it's like it's normal now people are appreciating like like asking for help from others isn't like like five years ago I was like oh you're seeing a therapist oh, you're talking about your feelings, something wrong with you. Whereas now it's like, no, I want to grow. I want to, like, I want to make myself a better version of myself and I'm going to ask someone for help mm-hmm. to help me do that. I'm going to pay mm-hmm. them to do that because I need that support. And that's like why coaches, well, being coaches and all different things is booming because people want that help and mm-hmm. it's normal now and it's like,
0: and it's great. Yeah i think it's one of the most valuable investments to make in yourself there's how you grow how you evolve and i just think it's invaluable it's like there's not really a price tag on it because what you ever what you invest in yourself you then grow so much that, that helps you on the journey and helps you to continue evolving. Um and I always share with the you know the imposter syndrome because I I've been there too absolutely. I feel like so many people who want to go into the online space that is the thing that holds them back for so long. And it's that reminder that the people that we're serving, the clients that we work with are a couple of steps behind where we are. You know, like mm-hmm. there may be a year behind yeah. where we currently are and we're helping those people. Of course like you know you're not going to be working with whatever you're trying to get into the online space. Doing you're not going to be working with the top professional athletes or whatever, whatever, whatever. Like the people who are famous, the the, the pop artists or pop artists is that even a word?
1: <laughs> the pop singers,
0: oh, hey, <laughs> top of the pops, top of the pops. <laughs> <laughs> no idea where the hell that came from. That's hilarious but just knowing that you're serving the people that are a couple steps behind you like a year behind you two years behind you and I think that was Mm. probably the most powerful mindset shift for me um when I was stepping stepping into the online space and like launching my coaching of yeah like people need to hear your magic girl um people need it um yeah oh my gosh babes I'm so excited! Uh, this is amazing. I have got one more little question to ask, and it's just a really silly okay. question. And this is how I end all my, my guest guest episodes. Oh, no. Oh, you should listen to podcast. <laughs> yeah, oh, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, because then it wouldn't be a surprise. <laughs> okay, you okay, ready? Okay. If yeah. you were going onto stage, or you were going, you were at an event for your very last time, you were making a big speech. What song? would you enter the stage on or the, the event on? What would be your song? <laughs> oh no! Oh, I hate these questions. My mind goes blank and I can't think of one. Do you know, this is so funny. This is literally the reaction of everyone. Everyone's like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And like, for, just forget every song that ever exists. They're like, oh my God, I, just, I, don't, know, I don't know, I don't know. What's your song, uh, babe? Uh, Sit with it. It's fine. There's no. There's no pressure.
1: You just like feel into it um oh god I can't I cannot think of one um <laughs> oh I don't know um
0: what's your current current fave song right now
1: I don't have one <laughs> What's wrong with me? why can't I think of anything um
0: Have so, Charlie would enter the stage in silence because all <laughs> <laughs> she would is her presence. Her presence would be the music on stage. So she'd just walk oh. on stage like, here I am, bitches.
1: <laughs> I'm honestly, what
0: epic fail to end the podcast on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, babes. I put you on the spot there a lot. Don't worry. Yes. Everyone, everyone responds in a very similar way. Uh, but we're gonna go. Never with- have me back on your podcast again. I'll come Stop. prepared. So. Stop it. Stop. Give
1: me three weeks to think about it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Babe, thank you so much for giving your time up to be on today's podcast episode. You're I cannot welcome. wait to get so this out. And you absolutely smashed your first poddy episode. I'm just so grateful that today. Yeah magic from within within was your first body. i'm so oh I'm so it's been
1: an absolute pleasure i hope that whatever we've chatted about helps some of your wonderful listeners in some way um i feel like we covered some juicy stuff we could have i
0: honestly could chat for another two hours literally literally uh, babe like this is this is us as well isn't it just little little chatterboxes yeah before we do leave babe where can the buttes listening find you what are your offers right now how can they work with you please i would love you to share my instagram handle is charlie
1: ruby baxter um so yeah give me a little follow you can just find everything i'm all about on there um and i'm actually taking on new clients um in the next week or two so there's a couple of spots available um for my one-to-one coaching so if anyone's interested please feel free to slide into my dms slide on in um and we can yeah i can give you some more info and have a little chat um so yeah that's pretty much me
0: amazing and i'll put all of that information into the show notes for the boots to be able to access and yeah, oh my gosh, babes, so grateful to know you I'm buzzing that you've come on the podcast episode I'm so glad that we met over here in Bali That's the reason, for sure oh, 100%, no doubt You know when you just feel like you've known yeah. someone forever Like the way we speak, I'm just like, known, known her forever <laughs> <Therefore>. <laughs> Yeah. And I the just met you wonder. last. You literally bounded in and was like, I am, Abby. And I was like, I'm
1: going to
0: to that. <laughs> that English was a bird. We're going to be mates. We're going to be mates. <laughs> Babe, I just can't wait to come and visit you in Dubai. That is going to happen soon. It's going to happen. Thank you so, so much. Thank you for giving up your time. I love Thank you. Me. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye.